for us who do this relief, it's it's a constant like reminder, like, oh, your tool is also can be your pen or your brush or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially if you've been doing this for a long time, it's like you know what the material can do. And so it gives you that freedom to just kind of go with that. Black creativity is unstoppable. The Studio Noise podcast takes you into the studio with Black artists and creatives making the art that moves the culture. You get to feel all the inspiration, technique, and passion behind the people making paintings, making sculptures, making prints, making noise. It's the Studio Noise podcast with your host, Jamal Barber. It's the noise. Yes, it's your boy, Jay Barber. 30 years is a long time to do anything. But imagine making art for three decades. Not only do you get that experience from doing it, but imagine you get the time to explore all your creative ideas. Who knows what direction that can take you in, especially if you letting the spirit lead you. That's what I'm talking about. We got Tangent Ikeda, my print brother from New York here on the podcast today. He's been moving through and exploring mediums for 30 years. He's landed on printmaking, but the man talks about Painting, dancing, <laughs> where that came from, <laughs> dancing, and now the very particular way that he composes and carves his prints, his relief prints, Solano cuts, uh, reductive, single print color, mixed media, he does it all. They're phenomenal work. You got to look it up. We talk about the twists and turns of being an artist, gaining experience from doing exhibitions, the right way to offer critiques to young artists, and a little bit of nerding out over some of our favorite carvers and printmakers like the one and only Latoya Hobbs and the the mother of it all, Elizabeth Catlett. Yes, we get all into it. Nerding out. I can't help it. <laughs> I can't help it. The black primates get together. We got to talk that ish, baby. That's what we do. You already know. It's the noise. Studio noise. The voice of black art bringing you the very best in black contemporary art covering all angles from newbies to OGs. You've been doing it two years or 30 years. It don't matter. The curators, collectors, the artists. That make the art world go round. That make the black art world go round. Got to talk about that melanin, baby. Check us out at www.studionoisepodcast.com. Follow us on IG at Studio Noise Podcast so you can see some pictures of the work that I'm talking about from Tengen and work I'm talking about from Latoya Hobbs and Elizabeth Catlett, all that good stuff. It's a whole conversation. So the, the IG sort of backs up the episodes. So make sure you follow us, chime in, let us know you're listening, all that good stuff. We have officially entered our bi-weekly era of studio noise. If you can imagine, just sit back, sit back and and open up a cold one, (laughs) a soda, a a pot or something. And imagine your boy in the mountains of North Carolina at Penland School of Fine Crafts and Art teaching relief printmaking in such a glorious setting and having a good old time. It's going to be a great time. So while I'm out there doing this kind of teaching slash residency type of deal, I'm going to be out there making my work. So we had to switch it up. Now it's every other week you'll get an episode from us. I know we got a lot of great episodes in the archive, though. If you can't take it, if you just need to listen, go back in the archive. We got some fantastic interviews from all the artists that you need to know and that you want to know right there in the archive so you can take a listen to that while you're waiting i hope it don't keep you waiting too long but i want y'all to stay inspired don't don't i'm gonna be out there doing it just think about your boy and y'all stay (laughs) y'all stay inspired too 
We're going to keep doing that work. Keep making noise. And that's the only way to do it, baby. And if you want to, uh, be sure to reach out on IG. Let me know what y'all thinking. Uh, let me know some ideas and people that you might want me to try to get in contact with on the podcast. If you know any North Carolina artists that I can get in contact with while I'm up there, uh, please let me know. Let them know I'm there as <laughs> right? so we can get it together. So make sure y'all stay inspired. Make sure y'all keep making that noise, baby. It's all about the work. It's always about the work. So today after the break, it's Tingent Ikeda right here talking that printmaking, talking that good art talk that you love. You know, it's the noise, baby. Yes. This is Ify Chejina. I am a visual artist and you are listening to Studio Noise. Yes, it's your boy Jay Barber back with you, Studio Noise. You know, I put out the call and say, hootie hoo! And all the black printmakers started popping up on Studio Noise. I got another one with me. Yeah, we got Tinger Ikeda <laughs> with us on the podcast, man. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm finally, uh, we can do this. I'm glad that we can do this. <laughs> I know it's about time, yo. I feel like we've been uh, in the same, you know, if, if for people that listen don't know, uh, black printmakers are like few and far between. There's a lot of us out there, but not as many as you would think, right? And so yeah. every time you notice somebody, you'd be like, oh, got to keep up with my man, right? <laughs> got to keep up with Tengen and, and Ruck yeah. and Ife just did a print and uh, yeah. You know, all kinds of people uh, that anybody that's doing print work, I think is just mad interesting to get that black perspective mixed in. So I think that's how we end up just finding each other work somehow, man, just end up associating exactly. and being in shows together. Right. We just did a show. Yeah. Uh, yep. what's, what's the last show we did together? The one. The with, last show was the was that the um the traveling show? Yeah, was, that was uh, the traveling show. Yeah. And and yeah. Yeah, and so we did that show and it traveled to a bunch of HBCUs. Forgive me, I mm -hmm. forgive me, I just forgot, blanked on the name real quick. But, uh, but yeah, they did that show together. So we end up just traveling in these same circles and getting to yeah. know each other, man. So it's always good to have you on the podcast, get to talk to you, really break down your work, your career, uh, what makes you you, all that good stuff, man. Sounds good. Sounds good for sure. And so you, uh, surprisingly, man, you look like my brother, but you've been making art for thirty years, man been doing your thing out here you know went through painting sculpture printmaking man you do it all uh yeah do it does it feel like it does it feel like you've been making work that long not really um yeah it's it's just you know kind of when you're in it you just you're just doing it but it doesn't like you know i, I tell people i've been printmaking for 25 years and that that's just wild that's wild even, even think about that yeah how time just zips by yeah that's, yeah you know, that's from, crazy from man. a kid just kind of teaching myself how to draw from comic books tracing and then looking and you know till now it's pretty amazing that's wild yo and so you you do you feel like your your path has been like real real like a winding road like very like you went through a couple of phases stops and stops stuff like that um yeah, my path is is not the typical <laughs> has not been the typical one. Um, it's, it's, it's been very up and down, in and out. 
Um, at one point, I was just like, you know, forget this whole art thing. And uh, I ended up actually uh, performing, dancing for like four years. Dancing like hip hop dancing? Yeah. No, like professional modern dance. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was just something that uh, I fell into. And, uh, and God, then. Yeah, come on, man. You're doing printmaking and fell into dancing? Come on, man. That's a big, <laughs> that's, that's a big fall, bro. It's got to be a story to this somewhere well, along the line. So at the time, I was um, I worked for this artist, Richard Archwager. And his contemporaries are like Jasper Johns, Rauschenberg, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Klaus Oldenburg, all those kind of people. And um, someone who worked there with me had this uh, had a girlfriend who's now his wife, Paz, and she was a dancer. And you know, it's it's New York. It's the it's the uh, it's the nineties, and the art scene is happening still. And I was in East Village and I heard my name called and it was Paz and Todd and and I jokingly said, Hey Paz, how's your dancing going? You know, did some little body movement and she's like, Oh, I want to use you. <laughs> dance pieces. I'm like, okay, calm down. <laughs> That's and then she kept she kept saying it. And I was like, you know, I didn't believe it. Yeah. Because I have I have no training at all. So lo and behold. She uh, sent me because she had they had gone to San Diego to see her her family and she had sent me a rehearsal schedule. And that kicked off four years of dancing with different people. That's crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a wow. <laughs> that's a wow. Yeah. Thing. Just because you jiggle your shoulders one time. She's exactly. like, oh, my God, that's it right there. That's, exactly. <laughs> that's crazy. <yo. laughs> But that's no. but I think that's a I think that's good for people to hear because I think so much that we expect things to be in such a straight line for us, like when we're doing our career uh, work, you exactly. know, with people in school or or wherever, however they envision their career, they think I'm gonna do this one thing and this one thing yeah. is gonna get me like where I want to go. Like it might not. Like part of being a creative, I think, is living with imagination, like being able to see an opportunity and just try it. Because you got, because yeah. you never know what it's gonna, what it's gonna end up giving you in terms of skill sets, in terms of experiences, in terms of in terms of networking, right? Uh, exactly. That's super important. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, before that, I was, I was uh, just painting. Uh, I was painting with oils on canvas. I stopped doing that once I started working for this artist because he basically had a wood shop, and I was using like old crates that they would. Uh, disassemble or I would make my own painting surfaces and I was just doing that kind of doing what was required you know at that time this is you're sending out slides mm-hmm. you got slides and um, doing all that getting a lot of no's few things here and there but a lot of no's and I was just like uh, the heck with this and then this whole dancing thing came up and then after that was over I started doing works on paper and that seemed like the next evolution into printmaking. That's cool, yo. And I think that's uh, for me the most of the work I know from you is printmaking, actually. Um, but I love your printmaking style, and it's something Thank about uh, seeing good carving. You know, what I'm saying you can you can always tell if you're a printmaker, like somebody did some really great carving 
uh, yeah. because it's the way they go in and out of the the um, positive negative shapes, right? Is the way mm-hmm. they the way they set up compositions is the way they uh, can delineate textures with simple lines that that's not yeah. you know over exaggerated or, or or seem overworked. Uh, but all of that stuff is included in your stuff. Uh, how did you get into? Uh, I want to say building your approach to carving, but just how did you start carving, and and what were kind of the lessons that you learned to get you there? So I, uh, there's a place in New York called the Art Students League, and basically you can take all kinds of arts classes there, and it's affordable. And I would always tell people about going there because I heard that, but I had never stepped foot in the building myself. And then finally, I was like, okay, you need to take your own advice. So I went in there. Uh, they gave me a pass. I went up to the to the printmaking studio. Uh, I looked around. I had no idea what I was looking at. And uh, I signed up for classes. And I bought all the supplies. So I bought stuff for etching and, and relief printing. And I did some etching. And it wasn't necessarily my thing. I, you know, just the process of in and out of acids and grounds and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. And I do like with intaglio, I do like uh, working with aqua tints or like NASA tints, and I've done a few of those. Um, but it was like a, almost like an immediate thing once I started with uh, relief printing. It felt it felt natural, and it felt like you know I could. It was just something that I knew. And, um, you know, like anything, you start and you just kind of make these little rough things. And it wasn't until I worked on this little block, it was probably four by six. It was a simple window with a chair that had a shadow that was cast and a, a wood grain floor. And I had made the mistake of carving the floor out first. And so the shadow ended up being in the negative. Mm. And it was that instantaneous thing that it all clicked. And I knew, like, I never had any issues. I just knew it was all, I knew how to do it. And, um, and I just started just making work and just started doing it and looking at, uh, printmakers as I was introduced to them because I had no, you know, I had no connection to printmaking at all. Um, and, you know, looking at work, say, like for uh, like Elizabeth Catlett's work, which is just incredible. Yeah. yeah. Like the prints, like some of the prints, is you're, you're just like, what? <laughs> How is this even possible? You know, especially, you know, I guess our minds think, you know, as you go back in time, people weren't able to do certain things. I don't know why we think that, but <laughs> we, do, you know, we do make it so seem funny. like they, they had nothing. They, they just exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know? Um, and just, you know, just looking at prints and, you know, I, I looked at her work and just thought, Oh, I could never do anything like that, but I'd admire it. And I just kept um, just working and having these ideas and, and, and concepts and um one of her prints actually really inspired one of my pr- prints which is uh, uh harriet says go which is my print but she has she did two harriet tubman prints 
Um, I think one in like the 30s and the one in the 70s. And the one in the 70s really was, is this powerful piece and the way she cuts and and just looking at it and trying to understand like cutting and and how you can you can do grand things in terms of uh, compositions and just how uh, the image looks and the texture of it. It just doesn't have to be, you know, simple things, which which is fine. You know, it's always funny when people see my work. They're like, "Oh, I used to do that back in you know, in high school, or whatever." And I'm right, like, "Yeah, yeah, you mu you must have done that, but not like this." <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's it's um it's almost like you know somehow printmaking is this kind of lower technique or something it's it's weird it's weird yeah no nah, it, it is it is treated like that because it is introduced to them at a young age like you know that's the thing well you do with kids right that's when you yeah. when you introduce it like uh it, but i i you know i, I lean into it because i tell them like yo i'm sure y'all have carved a little erasers when y'all were little kids make stamps and everybody yeah. was like yeah yeah that's it well that's that but more <laughs> right yeah like it's the same it's the, potato, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the it's the idea, but you know it can be expanded. Anything can be expanded and taken into a, you know elite level status uh, just by yeah. working on it. And it's funny you mentioned Elizabeth Kelly because I've been uh, looking at her work. I'm I'm in the mode of developing new work, so I'm going back okay. and studying you know all the great people, you yeah. know her and Driscoll and uh, you know Hale Woodruff, like all those all those uh -huh. folks. Looking at the sharecropper, uh, I've the. I don't remember the last time I looked at it, but this time when I looked at it, it was just something I noticed about the angles that she used to make yeah. the the shirt as compared to the face. And I don't know, something yeah. about that just seemed like, oh, like it's magical. Like, like I just discovered, it, like, why this print is so great. It's <laughs> like, an incredible, like, piece. amazing thing. Yeah. Like the first time I saw that, I was like, what? How? <laughs> Yeah, just, like you can just dive into that. Yeah, and it's funny that laugh you just did is the laugh I did to myself in my basement while I was yeah. looking at that picture. It's like, oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah, see, I get it. Like yeah. I finally got it. Like, yeah, how it works, and I and I exactly. think that's that's super important in in terms of when you look at it because I think printmaking is and relief printmaking in particular is one of the it's a it's a direct reflection of the hand of the artist to me, mm -hmm. right? Where you can see. Because no mark is there unless the artist put it there. Like you yeah. had to have removed something in order to make the marks that you see uh, in the print. And so when you look at it, it's like, uh, I see why you did it and I see how you did it and I see the result that came out of it. So it's going to almost give me a direct reflection of what were you thinking or trying to do when you mm -hmm. did this thing? Um, and I think that's interesting, especially when I look at your work where you'll have a print uh, like brother's blood, right? Brother blood, right? Mm -hmm. um, where it's the, the different faces, but one is in silhouette with the cavalry shells. Yeah. Uh, and it goes directly into the other people that are, have their faces rendered, but not fully rendered. Right. And so they yeah. they have a relationship to each other uh, as you're doing it. And I get the same thing from you as you keep going in and out of these shapes, it changes the focus of what you're supposed to be looking at. Uh, are you looking at the smaller shape, the bigger shape? Are you looking at the flower inside of the person or are you looking at the person overall, right? Or is it this thing in the background? Like you do a lot of that <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Little things in the background that people can um, 
draw attention to, right? So tell me if you um one, tell me about that print, the brother blood print, and how you're approaching your compositions, because I think they are really fascinating. Um the the brother blood I started working, I like working with the silhouette. And I like that idea of the silhouette, you know what it is, if it's a person or whatever it is, right? Like you can, mm -hmm. that's, you know, that shape, but behind that is in this case, a person. Um, and you may, you, and if you know that person, you know what their features look like. Um, and then beyond that is the internal individual. And so I like to play with that. I like to play with, with this idea that there's this thing and there are things within things and it forces you to have to go in and look at it and all of a sudden you're just kind of in this journey. And, and that piece, I just, uh, the simple thing was like, I just wanted to do uh, something that had three male figures. And I like um, kind of breaking up spaces and having these things that look like they're kind of tearing through or this thing behind them may be uh, deconstructing uh, around them. Um, also, there's some kind of uh, spiritual elements to it, um, just uh, spiritual practices that I was kind of raised with. So uh, that gets incorporated in that as well. And that was kind of the gist of the idea. Um, and once those figures were together, uh, I was actually, I was also thinking about the Neville brothers because they have that song, Brother Blood. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, you know, I def I like, Sometimes I think of my work as like collage-like or surrealist-like, right? Because there's certain things that just, there are things that are kind of crumbling, melting. Um, I like creating kind of a feeling, emotion behind stuff. Uh, this idea of, of not just what you see on the surface, but what's happening internally. Yeah, and yeah. I, I like that. And I always get that that kind of sense from your work because it's, it's funny you mentioned the word surreal because uh, a lot of your compositions are uh, kind of these collaged almost environments uh, with a lot of different pieces and that, mm -hmm. like I said before that, that makes your eye move around a lot and it's funny that uh, when you if I was to look at your prints I would never guess that you lived in New York or you that oh, yeah. you've been there for any amount of time Born and raised. <laughs> yeah, I was born and raised in New York. <laughs> is, do you think is that intentional that it's not reflected in your work? Like, because because there's no like city buildings or you know uh, brothers in Thames walking around. Yeah, like no. that. It's it's. I mean, there are some of those elements. Maybe like a building. Maybe like a water tower. But yeah, I mean, I'm heavily. I just kind of go where the where the work wants me to go, and I don't kind of force it yeah those elements are very small in my work and my work is you know it is really influenced by kind of african spirituality and how i was raised and i like exploring that in a way that i can also talk about 
not all my pieces, but also, uh, uh, I can also talk about things that are on my mind or things that are happening in the world um, and expressing them that way. Tell me about that a little bit, because uh, spirituality, and that's one of the words here on my list. Uh, you know, everybody know what list to the show. I don't have questions because I'm not a, a journalist. You know, this ain't Barbara Walters up here. <laughs> right. Uh, but I but I do like when I when I do review people, I list uh terms. Um just little notes or words that I think uh will will lead to questions as we are having a conversation. So spirituality yeah. is actually one of the words that I have written down. Uh tell me about that. Tell me about uh if you don't mind talking oh, about no. your spirituality a little bit Not and how it is relating to your work. So um uh my mother practiced uh, African spirituality uh, from the Yoruba people, but kind of uh, as it's practiced here in the diaspora. So my mother's originally from Puerto Rico. And so enslaved Africans that were brought to this side of the planet uh, wanted to practice their spiritual beliefs, but they couldn't. The slave master wouldn't allow that. So they incorporated things within Catholicism. For example, um, like in Cuba and in Brazil, so in Cuba you have like Lukumi, it's called. In Brazil you have Candomblé. Um, even uh, Haitian Bodu has things like that. Um, there's a group called the Shango Baptists, and um, and uh, so there's a mix of like uh, Yoruba as. Uh, Yoruba from Nigeria, uh, spiritual practice, traditional practices, and Catholicism. And that's kind of how I was raised uh, until I kind of went on my own journey to kind of find the, the source of it all. And um, that led me to going to Nigeria, uh, uh, participating in rituals and initiation rites and yeah, so I, I had a I had a very uh, different childhood <laughs> than, than most. <laughs> even though you know, even though because my mother was Puerto Rican, um, there was still this kind of like Catholic connection, mm. you know. But she was she 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 understood her her Africanness. She understood her blackness. Uh, and so she was very um, vocal about that, and, you know, so much so that, you know, people would kind of, in a derogatory way, your family members and other people would call her the African. Mm. Um, and, you know, she was just like, whatever. Uh, and she just did her thing. And so that was my foundation. And it, the, there were things that I was just taken to, exposed to, because I'm the youngest of of the four children that she had. And um, so, you know, like your parents kind of drag you places. That's what was happening to me. Right. Uh, and so that's kind of what my foundation was. And I mean, I had no clue that I was actually even going to, this is what my work would evolve to. Um, it's just something that intuitively just happened. And do you always work in, intuitively? Like when you coming down to it, like when you start your ideas, do you just kind of go with, what am I feeling today? Um, yeah, I mean, you, the work can come from just ideas. It can come from dreams. It can come from conversations. And even though 
and I just kind of get these uh, kind of flashes of imagery. And even if, even if I don't use that, it becomes the start of something. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't sketch. I do everything on the linoleum. Uh, and I just let it kind of unfold. And in a way, it just kind of speaks to me like, okay, I can, I can start cutting now because I'm not going to really add anything else. And I may, uh, all the patterns uh, and design, those are just, those are also kind of all very spontaneous unless there's a very specific reference. Um, but yeah, it is, it's, it all, it is very in intuitive. And that's even in your reductive work? Yeah, even in, in the reduction. You know, I, I draw but so much and then it just it kind of all becomes just spontaneous. I have a very similar process and it's funny that sometimes people get to the same place for different reasons. What was what was the reason why you chose to do do it that way and not do such a, a like an intensive i've seen people do very intensive drawings but yeah but how did, how did you get to that place i can't really work any other way it just i what because otherwise it becomes forced and when, mm. when it becomes forced it, it nothing ever works right you know it just i just sit if there's an image that i want to use i'll use that and I just really sit with the piece in it and something else. Okay. What does this look like? How does this work with that? Um, what am I trying to say here? So there's a, you know, there's a dialogue that's going on in my head. Um, you put it down, you walk away, you come back, but it, it's the only way that I kind of really know how to work. And there's a, I think also there's a level of freedom with that. And it feels, it also feels like fine art, mm. right? That you can just, there's no real st structure to it, even though in the end it, it will look like there's structure to it. Uh, but it's, it's just, it's a lot of just building and building and just trusting that, that it will kind of be what it needs to be. I like that because um, because I I I got to that same approach. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, it was I specifically noticed that my finished drawings were never as good as the sketches. Mm -hmm. And it was I you know was, for whatever reason, having to redraw something to me took away some of the energy and the magic and discovery of it. And so yeah. I I kind of translated that same thing into the woodcuts. Yeah, yeah, because. Now that I now usually now I switch to using a brushing brushing um, ink on okay. the board instead of like sharpies because the line would be too too sharp for some reason, and so yeah. I like it to be a little bit more organic. Now I'm kind of developing this kind of gestural thing, mm -hmm. um, but is that that idea of gesture is kind of what I'm searching for now? That that first time, uh, you know, you get a you have a sketch in your sketchbook with an ink pen. And it's all these different lines. You can't erase and kind of stuff is just happening. And <laughs> you kind of just build yeah, it yeah. up. Like, I like that energy. I want that energy in my woodcuts if I can get it. Uh, well, it's, and, and it, but that's the thing, right? It's like, because it's just, it's just coming from a no thought. Let's just 
do it and there's a certain freedom that you're doing it with and then once you it's almost like once you got it then the brain starts to kick in and and then it just totally yeah kills the whole vibe of it yeah yeah because you're trying to make it perfect after a while yeah <laughs> and i think i think that that ability to make it perfect i think is is i think what mess people up right i think it's why yeah. that's why well when i'm with my students sometimes i don't i don't want them to have an eraser anywhere near them because they want to use it because <laughs> yeah. they see yeah. every everything could possibly be a mistake that be cor- corrected uh yeah. when you just need to keep going and you know you'll get to where your mind wants to go like you were saying you get well, to that, fu- get that it's, point it's, yeah sorry it's funny because um just you know with teaching young people they do get caught up in this like oh it has to be this way and these are of course from visual things that they're constantly exposed to and it's like well no you it's okay to have this look a certain way it's like what is your expression to this um you're not trying to copy something right you're trying to create something mm-hmm. that's a that's a good way to put it you're trying to create something <laughs> right and and, yeah. and most of the time for young artists even me now like in the studio like i don't know what i'm doing not really yeah like you know kind of yeah. exploring and doing some things and trying some things that i haven't done before i've done a lot more woodcuts than a normal person but I'm still, you know, trying to figure out how to do this thing uh, in in better ways, different ways to do it, right? Yeah. And so I think that all that part is fascinating. I also end up mm-hmm. drawing a lot more with my carving tools than with mm-hmm. uh, with a pen or like anything else that's involved. Like using painting yeah. for big shapes, but then all the yeah. detail work comes from the carving. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I think, you know, for for us, who do this relief it's it's a constant like reminder like oh your tool is also can be your pen or your brush or whatever Mm -hmm. right especially if you've been doing this for a long time it's like you know you know what the material can do and so it gives you that freedom to just kind of go with that especially you know if you if you don't if there is no composed image or concept or idea you can kind of create that with just how you cut and how you carve and what goes next to what you know which is kind of what i do as yeah. well yeah that's good I, I hope people ain't uh <laughs> put off by how nerdy we getting about this carving oh no <laughs> but, but you know this printmaker you know ain't often i get to talk to somebody that, that like, carves <laughs> as much as i do <laughs> about well, this kind of stuff well it's funny i i uh so i went to i went to see latoya hobbs show in in baltimore oh yeah fantastic yeah shout out to her that was just like that was just another incredible thing i was just blown away yeah you know the fact that she's showing the woodcuts but then she came to the print fair in new york and at first i didn't i someone told me about about uh, the that she was going to be there i didn't kind of get it but i ended up going it was on my birthday and i ended up meeting her and you know she she kind of said the same thing she's like it's rare that i that I, I get to talk to another printmaker <laughs> and that a printmaker goes sees my show and it's really exciting. I said, yeah, it is, you know, because I, I kind of I know <laughs> I know the time that you've put in. I oh, know, yeah. you know. Yeah. So no, nah, yeah, and she's doing it in a different way too. It's that's funny too, where 
now because even from my carving to your carving to Latoya to yeah. Ruck to Delita to yeah. you know anybody that you name, you can see the difference <laughs> in how we're yeah. carving, uh, what tools we're using. Like even you know when you get start getting real specific in the know how, you can you get a sense of all right, she used a V gouge for this, and then mm-hmm. she lined it, and then you know what I'm saying so like you get yeah, a real yeah. idea of it. And Latoya's carving is, man, it's 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 next level in terms of presenting realism in the way that she's presenting it yeah and i I don't think i'm as tied to that sense of realism as she is and uh, and uh, and all of her faces i think are very clean (laughs) right Mm -hmm. and very very um giving you uh, realism is the best word i can come up with that sense of realism to the figure is something that is solid that is in front of you that has uh weight to it you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, and yeah. especially her portraits, you know, the ones where she carves and then paints back on the panels. Like, it's just mm-hmm. extraordinary work, man. Yeah. And it's funny to see, like, even I'll tell the difference between her and you, right? When I look at a piece of yours, um, the Arc of Transformation, right? Um, where it's a lot more things going off. And so your your sense of surrealism is goes in and out of these shapes um, mm. that you have into it. So your figures don't feel as realistic as hers but they still feel solid and like in a different yeah. way you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i admire people who can do that in terms of realism i don't i don't attempt to do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's latoya lane for sure <laughs> she, yeah yeah she could definitely do that one yeah i definitely i i definitely have admiration for that because you, you just you just see the skill level oh yeah you know? for sure it's just amazing like that that show in, in at the Baltimore Museum that this like duvet cover that she did ah oh, man on the, I was like <laughs> yeah. oh my God. yeah like how she she just kind of turned the corner or right there on that corner and the and the marks just subtly like shifted so you can get yeah. that that feel of that space like man it's it's crazy yeah you yeah. can feel that thing just flow down yeah. the bed and the folds <laughs> and the, just incredible yeah. That show, <laughs> she's crazy, yo. Yo, that show is nuts, man. Uh, what, so, what for you in your own personal work? What What do you think is uh, one piece or the height of of you feel like is was your best carving? Just in terms of what you were attempting to do and how it turned out. Like, if you if you have one that stands out to you, one that stands out is actually what I mentioned before. Harriet says go, mm. and it was a piece that actually allowed me to turn a corner and uh, kind of similarly to compose things in the way that I'm doing now. It just gave me that freedom because I, I didn't think I could ever uh, compose something like that or draw something like that. Mm. And so, you know, looking at, looking at elizabeth catlett's i think it's 1976 that harriet one where she's pointing right and the yeah, figures and are like behind her. below her yeah 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 i mean there's this texture and this movement and i was just like okay let me see if i can do this and so i did a drawing and it's like okay this is i like how this feels and then her the arm pointing, and I kept erasing it. 
and it ended up like because it ended up with three arms you know how you, you erase and it's still there a little bit yeah and so um i liked that because it looked like the arm was moving and so i ended up keeping the three arms in it and the, the background that there's dancers in it there's this uh uh, ancestral Agungu masquerader that's kind of floating in the air. Just the whole composition of it, the way I cut, it was really a turning point for me. That's like one of my favorite pieces. Hi, this is Clarence Hayward, painter and collagist, and you are now listening to Studio Noise. In my classes, when I, when I do my intro to, to the leaf printmaking, yeah. uh, because of the structure of it, where yeah. the Harriet is the tallest figure and mm. everything else is happening underneath her, but it's yeah. the gesture and the pointing that is bringing yeah. that like brings it all together like she's in command of this entire scene just by her position and in a gesture and the carving and and how it's set up yeah i know exactly what you're talking about yeah it's, and it's, it's just such a powerful like the energy in it it's just just amazing so that inspired that piece for me and 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 uh you know, it gave me confidence of like, oh yeah, I I kind I know what I'm doing. You know, I, I I know what I'm doing. I can do this. I don't have to be these people, mm -hmm. right? I can still admire their work. I can still be inspired by their work, but I don't have to try to be them. I can still use my own language and have my own identity through through this work. And so that's, you know, that's what it, it did for me. It just started understanding that I can kind of build these worlds in my work. Mm -hmm. Did you feel, it, did you ever get the same feeling from when you used to do painting or sculptures from any of that work? Did it, did it hit the same sweet spot for you? Like just in um, terms of what you were able to do and how you felt about it? Yes, in a, in a way, like... Because I also, that was another, you know, with, with painting, that was another thing of, of, of uh, discovering something that allowed me to turn the corner to have uh, a level of freedom. And that came from actually uh, working on those uh, works on paper. So the works on paper were these, I had, I, I think it was watercolor paper, I'm not sure, so, so long ago. But I was using acrylic-like watercolor as, um, you know, kind of tonal backgrounds. And I would, uh, I found some images that I liked and I was projecting them on and doing contour drawings and incorporating like uh, fabric or, or paper. And so that kind of birth, uh, that way of painting actually um because again i was then painting on these uh wooden surfaces that i was building and i was uh 
incorporating those same elements of paper, fabric, sometimes uh, natural fibers and things like that. Um, and so that just kind of opened me up to then doing printmaking. I feel like some of that spilled over in, into my, my printmaking as well. Right. You know, I mean, you know, you learn, you learn, there's something you can always use. And like the years that I worked for that artist, his work was very meticulous, mm-hmm. right? Like, so it was, it was a wood shop. He worked in wood and formica and we built his work and you would have to say match. Once you built the, the sculptural structure, if formica needed to be laid on it, uh, even if there were different kinds of formica, when they met up, you would have there would have to be a uh, like perfect seamless um, integration of the two. Mm-hmm. And so that meant, like I spent many years and hours. I worked for this artist for like six years, hunched over with a scraper, dedically sc- scraping edges of formica, and also using these very fine. Um, files and so i you know like doing stuff like that also translates into why i can sit and you know pick out a surface for two three hours right right you know yeah um and just uh understand like things have to have to there has to be kind of very crisp lines or this can be however uh but yeah just that whole training of just doing that for for six years. Yeah, and um, and that's un, uh, goes just goes back to the point before, right? Where your path is not going to be a straight line, mm-hmm. and you never know what you're going to pick up that you need uh, into the next level of work or what reveals the revelation, right? Uh, for the next level of work, uh, you recently had a solo show, Expressions of Linoleum, that just came down recently. Uh, tell me now, after working in so long, having this solo show. Uh, what's your feelings going into well now coming out of making this solo show at this point in your career after all of this time in terms of just in terms of like in, how it, yeah in terms of how you feel about your work what do you think you communicate now that's different uh, even even to me where you know when I do solo shows sometimes the level of confidence and comfortability that i have in showing this work Mm. does that make sense yeah 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 because you know sometimes as an artist you know you're making all this stuff for me i'm in my basement by myself nobody ever sees it and now all of a sudden it's up and it's like (laughs) yeah it it looks it looks way different than (laughs) than it does sitting in my floor in the studio so you know it, it just i don't know i always have different feelings about it i'd be wondering if other artists feel the same yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely, you know, it's definitely interesting now. Like I'm 55. And so I'm definitely different than the 20-year-old me. And so yeah, I'm just I'm very comfortable. I I I know what I'm doing in terms of of my work. You know, in terms of just knowing technically how to just do stuff. Mhm. 
and how to uh, also just creatively bring things together. And I think it shows, and I think uh, I like the reaction that I get from people. Because, um, uh, you know, people like my work, but they don't know kind of what to do with it mm. or how they feel about it. Right. Because it's not like it's not a category of something that they they should they know so um and that's you know that's cool too because it's just like okay well here's something that you haven't experienced and now you get to experience it and you get to be kind of moved by it um but like you know the show it was it was just it was very it's very comfortable there is a level of confidence where i could just go in and just like okay we're going to hang this. We're going to do it in X amount of time. We don't need to spend all day doing this. <laughs> right? Yeah. I just need an business, extra, yeah. I, exactly. I need an extra pair of hands. That's it. <laughs> you know, the, the, and let's, let's just go. And we hung, it was just, it was 12 images and we hung the show like about an hour and a half. Uh, just cause there were a little snafu, you know, about, hanging things and uh, hanging you know things that we needed to to actually hang the pieces but otherwise yeah it just it, it went quickly and yeah i mean that's the thing with time right it's just like in doing repetitive things it's like you 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 can just walk into a space and kind of visually know where things can go yep you can feel confident about the work that, that, you know, that those times that you didn't go here or you missed this thing because you were in your basement or like I work on my my uh, dining room table and I work here just because there's better light. I mean, I have a, a room in my house, but I don't, I don't work. <laughs> it's just comfortable. It, yeah. there's, you know, there's a, there are two big windows and light can come in and. And, uh, you know, I, I probably should, I need to clean up my studio. That's really kind of the issue <laughs> and get some better lighting. But, but, uh, yeah, you know, um, but even the story that you just told about, about being able to hang stuff that fast to me, that's experience because yeah. a lot of people will come unprepared to hang the things properly. Right. You just don't have yeah. the right tools. It's not frame, right? Like all of the stuff is taken into account. You know, just based on the experience of going to this show and going to that show, like, no, I want my work to be like this. So I know exactly what to say to the framer. I know exactly how I want it packed up. So I, when I deliver it, it's the same way. I know exactly how to unroll it. I know exactly because I've already been planning this whole thing this whole time. So it's not it's not that many surprises <laughs> right? Yeah. when you go to the gallery no more because like I've accounted for all of these past situations that stuff exactly. went wrong. Well, it's it's interesting because uh, I talked to a friend of mine, and she always reminds me. It's like how much, you know, not in a bad way, but just it's just an unconscious thing of like how much we and she's a creative person as well. How we just kind of take advantage that people know things, yeah, because this is how we are, yeah. And it's 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 really surprising, even other artists that I know, like like. They just don't know how to do certain things. Yeah. And that I do. Like, they don't, 
they 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 don't operate with tools. They don't like nothing. And I'm always surprised by that. Um, I, I mean, I shouldn't be, but I am because and that's just because I'm looking at from my perspective of just having to, you know, schlep things around and yeah. you got to get here. You got to do this. Yeah. You gotta, if they're not doing it, you got to figure it out. You know, just even with with this shit, this past solo show, like they didn't have hanging. They had they had uh, some L shaped hooks that I needed, but they didn't have any hanging, uh, in, you know, things for to to put the framed work up. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> that's bizarre. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, this is what and, we're doing now. Yeah, I guess okay. <laughs> yeah, but immediately I'm thinking, okay. What do I need to do a Home Depot run? Like, what what do I have to do? Right. Right. Whereas, you know, maybe 25 years ago, I would have panicked. But I still would have figured it out. But I, you know, there would have been a little panic. But now it's just like, okay, well, what needs to get done? Yeah, there you go. That confidence again coming back. Yeah. Well, yeah, because your time is valuable too. It's like you know, I I I don't want to do this all day. (laughs) I don't like. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe I just want to be home and and chill out. For sure, because you've been making this work for months. (laughs) So so it was like, yo, nah, this is over, yo. (laughs) Like we can we get to the the end of this. You know, this brings me to this is a different conversation, but. Um, just reading through like social media, I came across these posts of, uh, you know, younger artists having in these shows and they're saying that when people come up to them and like give them advice, like older, older artists, um, their response to me, I found, uh, different, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's, 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 it's just curious because, um, they were saying that the artist was coming and suggested that they look into a little bit more about color theory um, in terms of them and their work. Right. To me, Mm -hmm. uh, so, but I have to say this when they, their first post about it, it was more like these old heads need to, need to just come and congratulate or just shut the fuck up about my artwork. You know, it's like, it's really like aggressive, like defensive, like pushing back. But when they gave the instance of what the artist actually said to them, it, if it, I was taken aback because that's not disparaging, mm. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. if somebody, if me as an older artist and I've been working in printmaking and I go to a printmaker show and I can see clearly, all right, you are outlining things in a way that don't need to be outlined because the mm. two, two surfaces together, like a black object and a white object creates the line for you. So you don't have to yeah. make another outline. That would be something I would tell somebody that's not disparaging. It's just advice. Yeah. You know, I'm just an older artist. Like, I see what yeah. you're doing. I can appreciate you. Here, take this with you, and you'll be a little bit better the next time. But I was taken aback by the lack of willingness to even hear that yeah. type of advice. What do you What do you think about it? What's your, what's your approach when you see, like, younger artists at shows? And no, I don't just, Jamal don't just run up on younger artists and start trashing <laughs> their work. <laughs> like, I'm not... Jamal's just running up on people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just come and give it critiques for no reason. Like, yo, it's critique time. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know it's <laughs> I know it's still a reception, but your boy's here. <laughs> the professor's in the building. Like, no, yo, not like that, but, but I do find it 
I, I interact with a lot of younger artists because I like yeah. younger artists. I was a younger yeah. artist. I wish somebody yeah. would have told me a lot of this stuff when I was that yeah. age. And I look back at my work and I know what it needs. And I know the other people <laughs> knew what it needed too. And they, yeah. I wish they would just put me on game. Like, tell me a little something. It's ways that you yeah, can yeah. talk about it, introducing it. But I, yeah. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think that them saying that was too much. But what's your approach um, in that kind of situation? Do you, do you have the same tendency to, to talk to younger artists about their work? Well, I, I, always, I always like to pose things as a question. I, I always like to throw it back on them. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's something that I see, if I'm in, you know interacting with with someone, um, and then that kind of just uh, starts a conversation, and then it's it's kind of easy to say, oh, you know, why don't you try this, right, and see if you know what you think. It does, you know, to kind of relieve maybe the uh, fussing around of things. So that's kind of how I like to approach things. And also, you know, it's like, it, this is also the era of, of don't tell me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't tell me, yeah. you know, your language is, is whatever and you're, or you're offending me or whatever. Right. And I, and I, I get that that has its place. But I think you need to understand, is this person coming with any kind of ill intent or right. not? Yeah. Right? Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, I, I haven't had too many of those encounters. I think a lot of younger people uh, come up to me and just, because they like the work and they talk to me about it. And I think that's also kind of easier to be able to, to have conversations you know sometimes they'll just show me stuff on their phone and yeah yeah you know but uh i think that kind of stuff is just sign of the times yeah I think, they, yeah i think so you too. know that they, they couldn't see that someone was actually someone who who's had a certain level of experience could see something and was offering them something that could you know maybe transform how they approach doing something yeah and then i think that's the that's the part that i think we gotta re-emphasize but I, but i also in my defense so going around critiquing people I also, <laughs> I, also, <laughs> I also make it a point to really get to know and care about the person like that i yeah. think that's the first thing that maybe yeah, yeah. separate my critiques from yeah. other people is that no like i want to know what you were thinking i want to know your intention I like mm-hmm. your work. I want to see you develop. And it's like, you have to come with that uh, positioning in the first place. And I guess I'm always in that positioning, so I never get too much feed. I mean, push back from yeah. the stuff that I'm saying. They can be surprised um, mm-hmm. because I, I prep them to see how harsh I can yeah. go. <laughs> like, how how really open are you to dig your teeth? How much does it matter that this piece that may have even sold, right? And I, and I yeah. think that's the, this, this, this the difference, I think, for what a lot of people is that even if the work sold, that don't mean it's good. Like, yeah. to me, like, yeah. as, an, as the artist. Like, I've sold plenty of work that I thought was okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm never going to tell them that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I've sold plenty of work that I would do different or rework or yeah. it was kind of was what it was. But I'm always in the mode to learn and see what 
something is. And you can tell sometimes the people that are unwilling to learn because it doesn't matter as much to them how great it is. And so like those, those type of people I really, I don't commonly associate with. Right. And then I I don't intend to invest that much time into them because I know like eventually you hit a brick wall where we will just see things in two totally different ways. Uh, And you'll let stuff go that I wouldn't let go. And so Mm -hmm. me telling you about it, would make no difference, <laughs> right? Because you don't, yeah, you yeah. don't see the problem or issue with what I'm talking about. Well, I mean, I think, you know, to, to, to be an artist is to, to, or just a creative in general is to be susceptible to criticism. Right. 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 And, and if you have any consciousness, you know, you just know intuitively if people are, you know, just doing it for the sake of, you know, criticizing you for just for the sake of criticism, or they're actually giving you something that can actually help you. And, you know, and, and part of that too is that's, that's also a muscle that needs to be worked on. Right. That's true. Right. Cause that's just, you know, I, um, like in, in art school, I mean, I, I had a, a, really different experience than most people like i I, you know i i i've been on my own since i was 17. um so out in the world and so i was kind of forced to have to grow up and when i went to art school uh the kids that were there and they had a more kind of sheltered life they were still at home Mm, they had very well-funded schools that they went to um so my life was totally different so my interaction with the with the instructors um was just different like i could i could actually just have a conversation with them right it it almost felt like we were peers even though we weren't but so and they kind of left me they left me alone and if they had something to say, they would say it, and it wasn't anything, you know, I didn't take it any kind of way. And, and uh, but in between that, like, I could just have conversations with them about their work and their process and just learn, right? You know, like what they were thinking or uh, how they approach. Um, so that's something that also just stuck with me as well. Um, and yeah, if you're in art school, th- that's what's happening, right? You get an assignment, it goes up on the wall. People look at it. They say things about it. That's just part of it. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, you're just kind of right. You're in your own bubble about yeah. things, and you're not kind of open to what the possibilities could be. And you have a choice to take it or not. And it's exactly. not personal. Yeah. And you right? and you get to decide how how great at the craft do I really want to be. Or yeah. do I need to be to say the thing yeah. I want to say? Yeah. <laughs> right. And so yeah. it's like, no, you don't have to carve like Latoya Hobbs to make your artwork. Yeah. Uh, you can carve like Jamal. Jamal don't carve it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, or, or anybody. Right. And so yeah. you can, you have that option. Um, but I don't know. I always uh, just gravitate to artists that are more curious about, yes, I'm going to express the thing, but I also have a love and appreciation for the craft in a way. That mm-hmm. other people can't give me advice on it, no matter how good I am at what yeah. I'm doing. Right? There's yeah. there's still room for me to improve. I know it. Mm-hmm. I feel it. 
every time I'm making a mark, I'm wondering, and maybe, you know, everybody may not be like this, but every time I'm making a piece, I'm wondering if I'm good enough to do it. And, yeah. and I'm striving to be good enough to do it. Like, man, that's not in a way that I'm de- self-deprecating, but it's yeah. in a way that I'm humbled to the experience of this craft requires so much of you to be able mm-hmm. to do it. Like, it's not an easy thing. And yeah. I never approach it as if it's easy. I always approach it as if there's one more thing that I would learn that would make me that much better. Right. Yeah. And so I don't know. So that's kind of <laughs> how I always take in advice of, about anything. Anybody could tell me anything about it and I'll, I'll, I'll give it consideration as long as it's not just completely stupid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. but even, even just the physical, just physical printing, right. Using the press. Right. Yeah. You know, again, 25 years of doing certain things that I honestly have to figure out. There was some advice, but I had to figure out. And then, you know, sometimes that same thing you've done a thousand times isn't working for you. And someone says, oh, try this. And you do it. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's new, right? (laughs) Or just, you know, understanding the material you're using, understanding like papers you're using and some papers work better than others when the size gets bigger or smaller or things slip and how do you handle that and yeah all kinds of stuff yeah and uh you know and of course that's you can only get that around other printmakers and being open to it yeah exactly nah that, exactly. you're right you're right man you you own it man this is my man Tangent right here. Uh, before we get out of here, let's talk one more one more thing. The Contemporary African Spirituality Show that's up right now at Seton Hall University is up through May twenty fourth. Tell me a little bit about your your part of the show and the show itself. So the show is um, curated by a Tim. What's the Tim's last name? Otong. And um, she has a gallery called Calabar Gallery. And um, a Tim is just, she's, she's a fireball. She just, she's just all over the place. She's in the mix. She just, she likes talking to people. She likes thinking about like, okay, where can I show uh, in, in spaces around uh, unique spaces or even, you know, kind of traditional spaces. And she's really good at kind of just bringing people together. She'll have these ideas and concepts and she'll just, she'll reach out to artists that she likes and she sees something in them and she's able to thread all of our work together. And uh, Seton Hall University, I had no idea until the opening that it's, tr- it's like a Catholic university. Um, so the fact that they're actually putting in a show about African spirituality is pretty amazing, you know, that they were open enough to do it. Um, and it's really, the show is really about uh, those kind of elements and how people use them in their work or if they even uh, incorporate it in their own life. You know, some do, some don't. Um, some just like the idea of of incorporating kind of this ancestry in their work, and some, you know, it's it's a part of their life, like myself. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a really nice show. It's a, a great mix of people. Uh, 
there's a uh, uh, Willie Cole right above one of my prints. <laughs> hey, that, that ain't bad company. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, look at that. <laughs> look at that. Yeah, not, not mad really at that. Cold. Yeah, not mad yeah, at that. You know, and that that's that's the exciting thing too. It's like when you're in shows like that and you're with people that you know or you know, or even historical people. Like I was in a show once in Spain. Like friends of mine put together like they called all their printmaking friends and but you know our pieces were hanging out with goya oh wow that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> not mad at that at all you know yeah so um yeah so there are there there's there's sculptural work in this uh contemporary african spirituality show there's video uh work that's part of it and it's it's just it's a nice space and it's a really nice show. What's up, man? So people still got a chance to go see it if they're in the area. Go yep. to Seton Hall, check it out. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some stuff online that you can check out too, uh, as well. Yeah, as well. So you know, make sure you keep up with that. Go ahead, Tension. Tell them how they can find you, man. Keep up with you. See so you, all the you new stuff find, you got. You can find, you can find I. So my Instagram is always it's just solely dedicated to my artwork. So. Tenjin underscore Ikeda. Um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I have my website, um, tenjinikeda.com. You can find me there. But definitely Instagram. You know, I put up kind of videos and sometimes little process stuff and, you know, I try to do little kind of sneak peeks here and there. Oh, that's fun. Uh, I love them sneak peeks. I love love yeah. seeing printmakers in the studio. To me, printmakers yeah. have the best in studio videos. I don't care what nobody say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, any of those painters that just kind of hold it up and turn around and show you the back of the canvas and they show you, yeah. ah, whatever, man, that's lame. <laughs> I can't tell you. you show that paper coming off that press, baby. That's when he got some tension in the air. I love it, man. That's what I'm talking about. So you got a separate Instagram for your biscuit recipes, man? I know you. You just showing your artwork on with this one account, man. What you, what you, what you no, no biscuit recipes. <laughs> just yeah, like I, I think with Instagram, I started just like taking photographs. I, I, did, I like taking pictures of clouds, so I was doing that trips, and and then I was just like, well, just let me focus. You know, Facebook is just kind of anything, everything. If I got something to say, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just it's like. Right, because even right, the world of art has changed. So it's just like, okay, you may not have representation, you may not whatever, whatever you're, wherever you are on this path of being a creative. Right, it's like, right, yep. Instagram can be your show. You can just show something, and that's your show. You can reach a whole bunch of people. Yep. Right, you don't have to be discouraged, or I should have. I should be doing this by a certain time. And, you know, I mean, I remember in my 20s, someone telling me I was like 21 and I was working in this studio with this artist and the guy who was kind of managing the whole thing, you know, he asked how old I was. And I was like, 21. He's like, oh, are you 21 and you haven't had a show in New York? And it's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. And it's not that easy for me. And, you know, and, you know I, like you're you're that i'm in my 20s and you know i felt some kind of way about that i'm like oh my god you know is there something wrong with me but yeah it's like oh, yeah no 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 it's just this is not your life 
and it's okay. Just keep doing the work. Do so the I work. tell people, just keep working. Doesn't matter. You can you can you can get your fifty thousand dollar grant, but that's just that experience. And the you know, next few months could be a desert. Exactly. Right? You have the work and you just keep doing it and you keep doing it and you keep doing it. Exactly. And you know, if if that the art and the creation has to be enough, first and foremost, right? So that you're not swayed by the ups and downs of it. And then, you know, things can open up for you. Exactly. So, I mean, the difference between a, a solo show uh, at the Hirshhorn at 20 and a solo show at the Hirshhorn in your 40s mm-hmm. is nothing. <laughs> it's no difference. You, yeah. you go, you make it. You make it when you make it. And if you don't make it, you lived a good yeah. life trying to do it, Joe. That's all it is. Exactly. And so that's what's up, man. My man, Tension. On the podcast, man. Thank you for coming up here, man. We got to bring you back here. He's a good brother to talk to, yo. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad we were able to do this. That's it. Another episode of Studio Noise in the bag. Big shout out to Tinjin, my print brother, for coming on the podcast. I know I keep telling y'all, but y'all need to support these people we have on the show. Go get you some of them great prints. You won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. To all my artists out there, can you start with five minutes? Give yourself five unaccounted for minutes, uninterrupted. Nobody will get to bother you. This is for me. I'm going to sew it to myself. I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to make this noise. Yes. You got to do it. Make room for yourself. It's your boy, Jay Barber. I'm out. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Studio Noise Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Please take a second to rate us and write a review to make sure everybody knows about the noise. Follow us on Instagram at Studio Noise Podcast.